They were able to find the daughter pretty quickly, but then when they asked where the brother was, she said to them that he had been taken away by the bear man. Oh, God. Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week, we are going to be talking through the search and rescue Reddit thread that if you're into creepy stuff online, it's totally possible you've come across. Yeah, this is a famous creepypasta Mm -hmm. that I don't think I was aware of at all. I was aware of it. I've had friends personally, my my friend Sarah, one of my besties, okay, um, sent me a long time ago. Brittany, who is part of our Patreon, actually asked us to do this like months ago. And you and I just weren't really feeling it that month or whatever. But this month, this month we were ready. We were able to make the space. And we also want to say that as this episode comes out, it is Brittany's birthday. So oh. happy birthday, Brittany. My God, happy birthday, That's Brittany. Right. That's Brittany, exciting. Brittany was part of our planning session last month, and so they knew that it was coming up on the date that it was coming, and they said, guess what? That's my birthday. How appropriate. So that's why we know. Everything happens for a reason. How appropriate. Actually, while I'm talking about planning sessions, I may as well mention that if you're listening to this in real time on August 6th when it comes out, if you are a member of our Patreon, we are doing our monthly planning live stream this evening at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's where we plan out our next month of episodes along with the chat of patrons. So go to patreon.com slash gttupod and become another world warrior if you want in on that tonight. Yeah, set a reminder. Come Mm -hmm. join us and let your ideas be heard. You can guide the future of the next month of shows. They can guide the unknown, potentially. You can guide the unknown. (laughs) Um, So this thread, we've done this not a ton where we talk about creepy pastas but mm-hmm. i do want to it's been a little bit yeah and so i think it's worth explaining for people maybe who don't know i i use the term creepy pasta as if we all agree we all know what this is right it basically amounts to uh people used to just like almost like sharing memes they would share scary stories that were written online mm-hmm. some of them were known as copy pastas because it's copy pasting right. the same story over and over the scary stories became known as creepy pastas mm-hmm. and so that's how you get this goofy name for a thing that we all know now as internet urban legends or internet right. scary stories right. um now we have done this before a little bit way back on guide to the unknown episode four way in the beginning i just flat out read the story the red grandfather mm-hmm. we covered five nights at freddy's in episode 85 dear david in 91 the Sun Vanished in 107, the Jejun Institute in 123, and the SCP Foundation most recently in episode 147. And the Greg Thread. The Greg Thread. I forgot about the Greg Thread. I don't know thread. what episode that was, but if you go back through our archives, you'll be able to find the Greg Thread. I'll, I'll look it up because okay. the Greg Thread, I remember we had a lot of egg jokes. Yes, we did. Yeah. Um, also, if you're part of our Patreon already, you get access to a database of all of the Guides to the Unknown episodes that's searchable. So you can also go there. It was 92. Episode okay. 92. Cool, cool, cool. So yeah, we're coming home. Yeah, we. <laughs> it feels nice. Yeah. It's good to be back. So let me kick it off. Um, what we're going to do is there are eight threads on Reddit to this story. So I'm going to read and kind of summarize to William the odd numbered threads, and he's going to do the even. So we're going to pass back and forth. And I think this is going to be interesting because I do think there is some crossover among them, or at yeah. least that's the sense that I got. But each one of these stories was written by Carrie Hammond. Under the username Search and Rescue Woods on Reddit, starting in 2015, 
And some of them were even adapted into the sci-fi show Channel Zero. Yes. Which is crazy. I know. And also these were compiled into a book. Oh, were they? Yeah. Okay. I saw that at one point, I, you know, I was doing such weird rabbit hole research. I could see people being like, I'm trying to make this a book. And then the link was dead. Yeah. You know, like it's, oh, such, it's know. such an old story. I know. The thing is. Old. It's 2015. But you know what I mean? For internet, you know, in the internet parlance, links. Right pointing to nowhere and stuff like that. It, it's just the the case for this story. I think that uh, Carrie Hammond was saying that they wanted to kind of novelize it into a book. But as it is right now, the book is really just a compendium in book form of the posts on the No Sleep Reddit. Oh, cool. So it's a book, but it's not a novel. So right I don't on. know what happened to that novelization thing that I saw that they posted about that before Channel Zero. Yeah. That's what it's called, right? Yep. Um, so maybe they just decided to go with that. Yeah, who knows? But who knows? either way, it seems to be a, a pretty like successful endeavor. Absolutely. And I think Carrie also wrote a bunch of other satellite stories, so maybe that's part of the book as well. But this right. is the core search and rescue thread Kristen and I are talking about today. Totally. All right, so let's start with part one. And I'm going to do a mixture of... This also isn't every single thing from the threads. Sure. We kind of picked and chose our favorite stories from them. Um, and I'll do be, be doing a mix of like summarizing and some direct quoting. Yeah, I, I'm doing sort of the same thing. Honestly, for me, it was just kind of fun to read a modern scary story that I wasn't aware of. Mm -hmm. And I've got even like, I started pulling in references of like where I've seen stories like this before. So I'll be giving people some like recommendations of other stuff to check out. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. So here is how it started. And this part is verbatim. I'm a search and rescue officer for the U S forest service. I have some stories to tell. That was the um, subject line. I wasn't sure where else to post these stories, so I figured I'd share them here. I've been an SAR officer for a few years now, and along the way I've seen some things that I think you guys will be interested in. I have a pretty good track record for finding missing people. Most of the time they just wander off the path or slip down a small cliff, and they can't find their way back. The majority of them have heard the old stay-where-you-are thing and they don't wander far. But I've had two cases where that didn't happen. Both bother me a lot, and I use them as motivation to search even harder on the missing person cases I get called on. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so the first story that they tell is about a brother and sister, like young kids, who went missing when they wandered off from a family berry picking sesh. Lots of berry picking sessions. Really? Yes. That must be a very popular thing to do where, and by the way, this is all Just fiction. in the forest? I don't know. This is all fictional, yeah. by the way. It's written as though it's real, but it's uh, fictional. Yes, yeah. But in this fictional world where they don't give the name of the park that they work at or whatever, it's a lot of kids going missing while berry picking. <laughs> you got to be um, careful. Yeah. There's, there's almost like you got you to gotta consider the odds of in this town if you send your kid out to go berry picking. It's not looking great. It's not looking. They don't have good odds. No. They're either going to come back with berries or not at all. Exactly. Are the berries really worth it? I don't know. Those must be some good berries. Must be something else. Um, so they were able to find the daughter pretty quickly, but then when they asked where the brother was, she said to them that he had been taken away by the bear man. Oh, God. She told them that he gave her berries and told her to stay quiet and that he wanted to play with her brother for a while. Ugh. The last she saw of her brother, he was riding on the shoulders of the bear man and seemed very calm. So their first thought, of course, was abduction by, yeah. like, you know, a human. Um, but they never found a trace of anyone else in the area. And the little girl was insistent that he wasn't just like any normal man, that he was tall and completely covered in hair like a bear and had a weird face. 
Um, they searched the area for weeks and weeks, but they never found the kid. Ooh. So another story is a case of a woman who got separated from her hiking group. And then when they found her, she was curled up underneath a rotten log. She was missing her shoes and her hiking pack. And she wasn't injured, but she was in shock. And they walked her back to the base once they found her. So, you know, I'll just say Carrie says. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carrie said that along the way that the missing woman kept looking behind them and asking why, quote, that big man with black eyes was just following them. They couldn't see anybody, so they just sort of figured that it was a symptom of shock, like yeah. something weird was going on. But then the closer that they got to the base, the woman got more and more worked up, and she, like, asked Carrie to tell the man to stop making faces at her. And at one point, she stopped and turned around and started yelling into the forest that she wanted the man to leave her alone. Um, she said to him that she wasn't going to go with him, and she wouldn't give the group to him. Like, oh, I won't give you them. Oh, it's it's her. It would be up to her. I mean, I don't know. I, I that means I guess the man was like, "You come with me." All right, then give them to me. But isn't it weird that he's like, "I can't get them unless I have you do it oh, that's for true. me." Yeah, you know, that's weird. what I mean. Like, should become. He's trying to, like Blair. Obviously, all this stuff makes me think about Blair Witch a lot. Right. Of scary stuff in the woods it makes me think about that show I wrote, Blackwood. Yep. Which recently, I've been thinking a lot about. I've got Blackwood on the brain. It's a hell of a show. It's a hell of a show. Yeah. Uh, go listen Show to Blackwood. Podcast. Yes, so I wrote an podcast. audio drama called Blackwood, a six-episode miniseries. Go, go check it out. I'm thinking about it a lot right now. Yeah, for whatever reason. Um. So yeah, just weird stuff. So they keep on moving toward the base, and all of a sudden they start hearing this these weird noises coming from all over the place. Carrie described it as being almost like coughing, but more rhythmic and deeper. Mm. It was almost insect-like. I don't really know how else to describe it. And then when they were within sight of the base, the woman turned to her and her eyes were about as wide as I can imagine a human could open them. She touched Carrie's shoulder and said, he says to tell you to speed up. He doesn't like looking at the scar on your neck. What? And Carrie says that she does have a scar on her neck, but it was underneath her clothes. So she doesn't know how this woman saw it. Yeah. To even make that up. So super creepy. And um, the author talks about how also that sound kind of picked up again all around them. This like close kind of coughing sound in her ear. And she was able to like, you know, deposit the woman safely, but it was a super, super weird incident. A coughing sound in her ear. The same kind of coughing sound, like that rhythmic insect-like cough. Now I... Rattly. Arguably, the one thing that I call uh, uh, an odd experience that I had was somebody coughing in my ear. I thought you said it was breathing. What are you talking about? Oh, cough, breathe. What? Those are totally different things. Maybe a stretch. A complete stretch. That's well, what it made me think of. Yeah, I mean, it happened in your Somebody ear. breathing right behind you, I guess. Coughing, yeah. coughing felt, you know, it's it's vocal enough. It's more specific. Fine. Than, yeah, feeling, it made me, it made me think feeling of it. a breath. I'm sorry, it's not a direct one-to-one. It made me think of it. Okay. Okay. That's all right. Um, also, in part one, something that ends up coming up in a lot of these other threads is that Carrie talks about how it's a known thing among forest rangers that there are random stairs yeah. oftentimes just in the middle of the woods. And it's also just commonly known that you're not supposed to touch them because that could make bad things happen. That's interesting. So that dovetails nicely into part two because Perfect. part two, now I didn't read part one mm -hmm. at all. I haven't read any of the odd numbered ones actually. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be sort of fun to see how these all sort of tie together as we go. But uh, uh, part two is all about the, the stairs 
Um, it was a fun story, honestly, as I was reading it. It made me think, it, like, made me think about trying to maybe dive back into creepy pastas. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, there just got to be so many of them. Yeah. It was hard to find the ones that would actually send a chill up my spine or intrigue me or mm-hmm. anyway. So here's here's what part two is. Uh, Carrie, who all of this is written in first person, but again, we'll just say Carrie, um, talks about finding a set of stairs in the middle of the woods. Literally a staircase with nothing around it. In this story, she describes it almost being like a video game mm-hmm. glitch, almost as if there's supposed to be a whole house, but the house didn't load. Only the staircase was populated into the game. Yeah. It's just standing free. And they were uh, standing with a trainer um, who started to to warn them uh, about staying away from them. So here's from the story itself, describing at first the, the stairs. The sides aren't carpeted, um, and I can see the wood it's made of. It's almost, yeah, almost like a video game glitch where the house has failed to load. I stand there, and it's like my brain is working overtime to try and make sense of what I'm seeing. My trainer comes and stands next to me. She just stands there casually, looking at it as if she it's the least interesting thing in the world. I ask her what the thing is doing here, and she just chuckles, saying, get used to it, rookie. You're going to see a lot of them. She, the trainer, then warns Carrie, don't go near them, do not climb them, just ignore them. Stay away. Eventually, Carrie's training is complete, uh, and now they go out on calls themselves, and sometimes we'll see staircases here and there. Oh, I got a call. Somebody went missing in the woods. I'll walk in three miles. There's a staircase. Maybe I'm going in 30 miles. Staircase. Right. They just pop up. Different kinds of staircases for some reason. Some are taller, taller some are shorter. Eventually, they see one that's, quote, uh, like a turn-of-the-century mansion, 10 feet wide with steps leading up about 15 or 20 feet. Um, they avoid them altogether and eventually start training new people who are joining the team to stay away from them mm-hmm. as well. The way this part ends is with the the quote, I'm really hoping someday I get a better answer, but it hasn't happened yet. So I've got a few thoughts on this. Um, but I'll start with I'll start with this. You're in training, and the person training you says Stay away from those woods. I mm-hmm. can't get into it. Just trust me. Stay away. Or stay, the, stairs. the stairs. Stay away from the stairs. Then eventually you've got people you're training yourself and you tell them, keep away from the stairs. Now they keep away from the stairs, but they are like several generations removed from, they have no idea mm-hmm. what's up with this, right? Yeah. Carrie doesn't know. Doesn't seem like anybody but does. But we all say don't do it. Mm-hmm. There's a thing, and I couldn't figure out how to Google this. I started typing into Google. I started writing monkey business training, uh, monkey theoretical, <laughs> don't touch that train. I couldn't figure out how to Google this thing. There was a weird idea. Uh-huh. I eventually found it under the title, uh, The Five Monkeys Experiment. Look in the show notes for a link to this from workingoutloud.com. There is a study that was done, Kristen, um, and it sounds, sounds awful, admittedly. Five monkeys in a pen, and they put bananas up on a shelf with a ladder leading to the bananas. Mm -hmm. A monkey starts to climb the ladder to get to the bananas. The scientists spray cold water on the climbing monkey and all the monkeys below. Eventually, doing this enough times, anytime a monkey starts trying to climb the ladder to get to the bananas, the other monkeys down below will start pulling the monkey off the ladder and beating them to Uh keep them from getting to the ladder. Now they intensify things further, I should say. They take one of the trained monkeys out. They put in just a new monkey who's not aware of this situation. 
Inevitably, they see bananas or they'd like to climb the ladder to get them. All the other monkeys pull them down, beat them to keep them from getting to the bananas because otherwise we're going to get the cold water. Mm-hmm. Rinse, repeat, keep going. Take out one of the train monkeys, put in a different monkey. Take out one of the train monkeys, put in a different monkey. Eventually, you've got five monkeys in there who have never been sprayed with cold water. Mm-hmm. They don't know what happens if you do climb the ladder, yeah. but still, if anyone starts to climb the ladder, they pull that monkey down and beat him to keep him from getting up there because mm-hmm. why? That's what they've seen the other monkeys do. It's what we do. Yeah. Now it's just what we do without any idea why we do it this way. Is it, is, it's evolution, but it's social. Mm-hmm. And it speaks to the idea that we all live by a set of rules but we don't always push at the boundaries of them. Maybe we don't really know what would occur. So what is the staircase? My brain starts going, what is this thing? What is the staircase? And maybe, maybe it's not so much that you shouldn't touch them, but maybe this information has been lost to time in a way. Mm -hmm. It also made me think of the SCP foundation, which again, we talked about in a previous episode. The stairs could totally be SCP files. The stairs are a thing that somebody should be researching. And the last thing it made me think of, and this is admittedly goofier, but Carrie refers to this as almost being like a glitch that stairs are just appearing mm-hmm. out here. There was uh, a time where I was really into the Matrix yeah. franchise, and they made a video game that was supposed to be like it was directed by the Wachowskis as well. Like it was they they directed scenes and shot footage that was specific to the game, but would interact with the sequels to the movie. And in it, they talk about how werewolves, vampires ghosts all of those things exist in the world of the matrix and it's whenever a program has been quote-unquote deleted Mm -hmm. but refuses to stay deleted Uh so they come back and they're now glitched yeah they're not supposed to be in the computer system of the matrix they're a weird glitchy program that doesn't work quite right so they're like these two albino looking twins in one of the sequel movies Uh they're referred to as ghosts in the world of the Matrix, they're literally ghosts. Yeah. They literally are phasing through walls and can turn transparent. And is their version of ghosts is glitching. Yeah. But maybe in real life, ghosts are a sort of glitch. Right. You're not supposed to be here anymore, but here you are. Mm-hmm. And because you're not supposed to be here, you operate differently than the rest of us. We can see through you. Yeah. You can float through walls. Something is broken in yeah. this system now. Totally. Um, anyway, that was that's cool. That was part two, which was my personal entryway into the story, and honestly, I found really fun and interesting. And it was quick and to the point. Totally, but a lot of fun. I, I mean, it's. I feel like these stories are kind of satisfying in general. Not all of them, but like the format of creepy pastas that continue yeah. on, or Twitter stories and things like that, because they're not flowery or anything like they're under the pretense of like oh i'm just a person who's going to tell you a cool thing yeah so it does get right to the point in a way that's like a unique storytelling there almost aren't characters you know you're like i was with my trainer it doesn't matter who that person is you don't have to flesh it out you just get right to the cool thing. right to the point yep totally okay so now let's go into part three so at this point carrie is saying I'm kind of tapped out of my own stories to a degree, but I decided to talk to some of my other ranger friends and see what stories they have. And now Carrie is reiterating those to us through the Reddit thread. Reddit thread. Um, so they 
tell us a story about a friend who encountered the stairs. That friend said, quote, they looked like they were from a new house because the carpeting was pristine and white. He said that as he got closer, he didn't feel any different or hear any weird noises. He was expecting something to happen, like bleeding from his ears or collapsing, but he got right up next to them and he didn't feel anything. So this guy said to Carrie that the weirdest thing besides their straight up existence, which is of course really weird, was that there was just zero debris or animal activity at all on them. There are no stray leaves, like no little moth-eaten sections, nothing. These are just pristine, perfect stairs, and it was very weird. So he decided to climb up them, kind of just for the hell of it, and he was sort of just tempted because it was such a thing that you're not supposed to do it. And so I guess he was a bit of a rascal, and he's like, all right, I'm going to do it. And he said that he half expected something crazy to happen when he got up there, like he was going to be abducted or something. Um, but he said when he got up there, the longer that he stood on the top step, the more he just had the feeling that he was doing something very, very wrong. Hmm. He described it as the feeling you'd get if you were in a part of a government building, you have no business being in as if someone was going to come and arrest you or shoot you in the back of the head at any second. So just this like, "Mm, I shouldn't have done this. Like this is risky. I've made a big mistake. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm in over my head. Yeah. In some way. So the guy tried to brush it off, but the feeling just got stronger and stronger. And that's when he realized he couldn't hear anything. So not that the woods were silent. It's that he couldn't hear anything. He couldn't hear his own breathing. Like his hearing was cut off and it was like some sort of weird awful tinnitus but even more oppressive um so he got back down from the stairs he rejoined the search that he had been a part of that brought him out there in the first place and he didn't tell anybody what he'd done because it's like taboo you're not supposed to do that yeah So he said, though, that the weirdest part of the whole thing came afterward. His trainer was waiting back at the Welcome Center after the search ended for the day, and he cornered Carrie's buddy before he could leave. He said his trainer had this look of intense anger, and he asked what was wrong. You went up them, didn't you? My buddy said it wasn't phrased as a question. He asked how his trainer knew, and the trainer just shook his head because we didn't find her. The dogs lost her her scent. What? My buddy asked what that had to do with anything. The trainer asked how long he'd been on the stairs, and my buddy said no more than a minute. The trainer gave him this really awful, almost dead-eyed look and told him that if he ever went up another set of stairs again, he'd be fired immediately. The trainer walked away, and I guess he's never asked any questions uh, since. Wow. So, okay, that's an odd development. So, that also makes it seem like you're not just not supposed to go up the stairs because... They're not natural. Something could happen to you. It could be hindering finding somebody who's missing. Yeah. Almost as if you're closing a door behind a missing person. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Like that door is open, but if you climb the staircase, we're not going to find them anymore. Right. You've botched it. Yeah. That's bizarre. Yeah. But it also implies that even like a mundane... I mean, I guess maybe this was just an example of not a – like I, what I'm thinking is if somebody just genuinely got lost in the woods, yeah. right, like wandered down the wrong path, mm-hmm. would this be what happens? Would they get whisked away to this other world? Or was this an example of like maybe some supernatural thing is the reason why somebody went missing and then by climbing the supernatural staircase, it completed the supernatural ritual that made that person now impossible to find? 
Or is it somewhat of the reverse where that person would have been found, but by climbing the staircase, that opens a supernatural door that that person slips through? Oh, They would have been fine otherwise. Right. But because you did that, that opens some sort of portal. Yeah, it certainly does. I mean, a staircase in and of itself, obviously, is Mm -hmm. a pathway to somewhere else. Usually it's from the first floor to the second floor, the second floor to the third floor, whatever. But... If it's in the middle of the woods and it leads up to visually nothing, mm-hmm. it just stops at yeah. the 10th step or whatever. Yeah. And you climb it. Yeah. Are you almost now treating it like a pathway now? You should be ignoring it. Mm-hmm. But if you start using it the way stairs are meant to be used, like moving from one place to another. It moves somebody else from one place to another. You know, there's that whole idea about um, supernatural happenings coming out of different spaces of liminality okay so we talked about it on the show before like it, it could be li- being liminal is meaning that you're not here you're neither here nor there and you could apply that to a million different things it could be that you're in the middle of a doorway walking through and then you're in a liminal space for that second you're walking through the doorway you could be kind of on the outs with a partner or something where you're neither here nor there, that's a liminal space as well. So any of those spaces, people have a theory that that's a a hotbed for paranormal things to happen. That's interesting. So stairs are liminal spaces because they're a transition from one place to another. Being lost is a liminal space because you're lost from your group, whatever, but you're not really lost. You are somewhere, so it's liminal. So maybe it's a combination of those liminalities in the same region causes maybe something you're on the threshold of something obviously right Mm -hmm. like you are neither here nor there to a certain degree so who knows what it means right you know i've got a theory that i've I've certainly talked about on the show before i've got this this loosey-goosey doofy theory that like anytime you hear about somebody sharing a ghost story it's usually like me and mildred were on vacation we were in our hotel room. I was packing to go mm-hmm. out to the beach and we heard a ghost. Yeah. And then ghost shows go in and they, they set up cameras and microphones going like, hey, ghost. It's like, no. Well, the ghost didn't react to people addressing them directly before. The ghost, you know, made itself known when people were distracted otherwise. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you focus on it, you don't get to see it. Yeah. Right? So maybe ghost shows never find anything mm-hmm. because they're looking for it. Yeah. You've got to be It's not liminal. You've got to be occupied otherwise. You got to you don't need to have your mind focused on it. Mm-hmm. So um we've got a listener cat who sent us some books to our um PO box. Yeah. And I started reading one of them which uh was a uh, The Blue Nose Ghosts, mm-hmm. I think it was called, and it's based in Canada or an old uh, Canadian ghost story book. And there was this um passage in it that I really liked. It's one sentence. It is an old belief that you will never see a ghost if you are looking for one. Yeah. And I immediately highlighted it and posted it. Now, I don't believe in ghosts, Mm -hmm. but I do enjoy this theory as pure entertainment. Yeah. And seeing it be in like an older book really spoke to that. And you talking about liminal spaces just now really made me think like, Mm -hmm. is there theoretically some sort of a power to places that are uh, uh, neither here nor there? That's a theory. It's interesting. Totally. Um, okay, part four. So part four continues with the story of the, the stairs and I think starts to explain some of the threat of mm-hmm. them here. So 
uh, uh, Carrie is in the woods with now, I believe, a rookie. So Carrie is training a rookie or walking around with a rookie. The rookie is obsessed with talking about the goat man. Mm-hmm. This other this other paranormal topic, the goat man, which we talked about in Guide to the Unknown 124. Um, but then they get around to talking about the staircases. And they start really making a case for them as being, yeah, something of like a portal. Yeah. But a very dangerous, like blood-soaked portal evidently they talk about how somebody lost their hand reaching out at the top of the stairs they didn't even find the hand it's like the hand just went to somewhere else they just had no hand anymore as if it just fell off the second that they reached through made me think of like lightsabers in star wars like Uh they just cut cleanly through and now you're just now you just don't have a hand anymore it happened that quickly right um and how there was another lady who stepped on the stairs and got a burst blood vessel in Ugh. her brain and, you know, died before she even hit the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole thing in here about how the, quote, the Forest Service is tired of having such a massive turnover rate. They want people to know, uh, they wanted people to know what they were getting into by joining mm-hmm. the search and rescue team. Uh, so they started having people sign agreements that they wouldn't go to the media about anything they see. The Forest Service didn't want to scare people away, so the last thing they needed were spooked rookies running off to the media with stories of ghosts and haunted stairs. But eventually, they found that the agreements weren't necessary. People not only didn't want to talk about what they saw, they wouldn't talk about what they saw. They would change. They just would not address the stairs. Yeah. Even if they saw it, people would in reflexively avoid talking about the Uh stairs Uh, a few times media tried to talk to people when kids or hikers would disappear and no one would say a word i can't really explain it i guess we just don't want to admit anything is wrong so it also almost plays as if now this is all described by carrie here as if it's a choice you're making not to talk about it but if no one ever really brings this up or they don't stay on topic for very long, mm-hmm. it's almost like, um, have you ever tried to think about your own death and all of a sudden your mind just like you try to think, like imagine what it's like to be dead and then you can feel your mind going like, oh, what do you want for dinner? <laughs> like, no, you've never done that before. No, try it. If you try to think about not existing, uh-huh. you'll find that almost like running into an invisible barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just redirected back onto something of substance. Uh huh. Even if it's totally mundane. It's like your mind can't go yeah. there. You can't yeah. see beyond. Yeah. Um, and it made me think of that. Like you liter- yeah. they literally cannot dwell on this for too long. Right. Um, and then here's a quote from the end, which I really enjoyed. Because um, they talked about the stairs and everything. Uh-huh. We were both quiet for a little while. I was afraid to talk because I wasn't sure if he was done. He looked like he wanted to say something else about the stairs. Finally, he spoke up again. Have you ever noticed that you can't find the same ones twice? I nodded, expecting him to continue, but he just stayed quiet, walking alongside me, and eventually he started a story about the biggest deer he'd ever seen in the park. I didn't bring up the subject again, and I didn't press him for any more stories. He dropped out the next day. Huh. I really enjoyed the distracted quality of this. Like, you ever notice yeah. you never see the same ones twice? Yeah, it's something like... And then like just moving on. Intercept? Yeah, or just know? like, it's the one. it's one thing that's been nagging him. He's like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I, I'm just right. Right. I, I'm I'm not going to be here anymore. Yeah. Um. This one in particular with the hand reaching through thing made me think of um, Cube Two Hypercube. Of course. Of course. 
Um, Naturally. <laughs> I know that our I mean, friends Bethany and Dennis yes, watched that recently. I was about to say. Uh, well, they watched Cube. Oh, and then I asked me. if they'd seen Cube 2 Hypercube. And I think Bethany said she had, but should I go back or something? I was like, it's really up to you. I, yeah. <laughs> I can't condone it. I can't tell you what to do. But they run into a, a thing. They call it a tesseract. But mm -hmm. if you like reach, if it, if it like comes across you, it almost just like peers through your skin. Uh -huh. Almost like you're seeing like... Um, a dissected version of yourself. Okay. So like if it crosses in front of your my face, Kristen, you would start just seeing the inside of my skull. Uh-huh. Almost like in a, a biology class having, you know, a half of a dog up on a shelf. Right. Um, it also made me think of, of course, the music video for Four Minutes by Madonna oh my God. featuring Timberlake and Timbaland. Of course. Wait, real quick. Why are you thinking about bisected things? And because of the person reaching through the staircase oh, right, and right, their right. hand just disappearing. Yep. It's like it's like cutting through yes, you right. or something like that. Or by reaching through, you're reaching into a portal, mm -hmm. but you're not completely going through. Right. So you're just severing your hand or something like that. I can see why that would make you think of the video for four minutes by Madonna featuring Justin Timberlake and Timbaland because they're in like a black space yeah. pretty much the whole time. We but only they're got able, four minutes to save the world. They're able to pass through different scenes. It's a very liminal area. It's it's very weird. And yeah. there's this shimmering thing. Yes. It's very much like the Tesseract from Cube 2 Hypercube. I've actually never seen Cube or Cube 2 Hypercube. Oh, well, you got to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound like I do. I guess you have to. <laughs> I don't know. But in, in uh, four minutes, yeah, this thing will just like like pass through you mm -hmm. and then just peel away your skin. Like you just start – it's not even peeling away your skin. No, it's, it's almost like you're now just seeing inside the person's right. body. Right. So like it passes through two people kissing and you can see their disgusting They're, tongues. I was going to say exactly the same thing. You can see their disgusting their tongues. nasty tongues. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess we're, we're in straight up – Cube 2, Hypercube, four minutes with Madonna, Feet, Timberland, and Timberlake territory now. Yeah. With the search and rescue thread. We've come a long way. We really have, man. All right. So before we go any further through this journey, let us talk to you about our sponsor, Tracy Michelle Bullock of SimplicityDoYourDream.com. So right now, there are a lot of people who are unemployed, unfortunately, who could be hearing this and they don't have a career path per se or know somebody in that position um, and are feeling a little bit lost about next steps. And Tracy can actually help you in those situations too. Career coaches aren't necessarily just for people who have careers at the moment. Mm -hmm. They can sort of like shuttle you through the process of finding one. Honestly, she's like search and rescue for oh people God. that need to find their way through the business world or it's through true. startup world, dream world. Yes. Yeah. So here's what uh, Hannah Baldovino, an executive project matter, uh, manager and client management specialist had to say. Uh, she, Tracy Michelle Bullock, took time to understand my needs and goals. She offered ways to revamp my resume and cover letters. She even helped me through specific situations throughout my job hunting process, providing feedback and suggestions. Tracy was articulate and professional both in person and via email. I'd highly recommend working with her for anyone job hunting. Yeah, so it's easy to feel really lost because there are 8 million jobs out there. Yep. And whether it's that you're not totally sure what job you want to go for mm -hmm. or just advice on the interviewing process, whatever, it seems like Tracy would be a really, really great asset to help with I that. I think we all struggle with putting together a resume yeah. or trying to explain to people, here's who I am. 
here's what I've done, here's what I'm good at. It can be very complicated to, it's so funny, we live our entire lives doing these things day after day, but it can be then very hard to explain to somebody, here's, here's what I can mm-hmm. offer you. Um, so honestly, you should be taking advantage of the situation. You really should. And one of the things you can take advantage of for free is a 30 minute coaching call with Tracy. So you can book that either by DMing her through Instagram or going to her website. So starting couldn't be easier. It's free and it might be just the jumpstart you need to really take you to the next level in your job hunting. So go check out Simplicity, do your dream and make your appointment for career coaching. Go to at Tracy Michelle Bullock or www.simplicitydoyourdream.com. And just for Guide to the Unknown listeners, Tracy is offering 20% off your first month of coaching if you name drop GTDU pod when you get in touch with her. That's right. So go to at Tracy Michelle Bullock on Instagram. Michelle is with one L or simplicitydoyourdream.com and let Tracy know that Guide to the Unknown sent you for 20% off. Bam. Bam. All right. So now let's go into part five of these stories we're halfway through the woods that's right we're almost there yeah you you know how over far the you river can... and through them <laughs> to grandmother's house yeah you can only go halfway into the woods i know because after that you're walking out you're on your way out mm-hmm. that's right did you think you were gonna trick me i knew how it goes okay <laughs> one of your famous riddles yeah <laughs> what was it? it was on uh are you afraid of the dark was where i first heard that oh it was dr v- vim with the v- 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 uh-huh. whatever his name was yeah, yeah, anyway. It was definitely with a va va va, but I'm not sure. Something with a va va va. Dr. Ving? I It definitely wasn't Ving. I don't know. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Dr. Venkman. Yeah, it was probably Dr. <laughs> Venkman. Okay. So in part five, Carrie is telling us that one of the people at their training operation operation uh, <laughs> operation reads no sleep and that they recognized Carrie's stories. Oh, uh, we're going um, into Scream 2 territory. Yeah, it's starting to get a little meta. Yeah. Um, Carrie said that he knows them pretty well. They've swapped stories before. So he read it and was like, I've heard that before. Um, he asked if he could share something he's noticed about the stairs and some thoughts he had about them. So then here's a quote from Carrie's friend. I'm really glad you decided to share these because basically he's saying he thinks it's important that people know that it's out there, especially since that the forest services do such a good job of covering it up and pretending it's not a thing. So he was almost saying Carrie's doing like a public service by putting this up on no sleep. Um, he said that he thinks it's really weird. There's a lack of media attention on missing kids, bodies found miles from where they got lost in the first place. The weirdness of that yeah. isn't being talked about. Um, so Carrie said that she doesn't remember him like mentioning this sort of thing being an issue before and was surprised that he was talking about it and asked him to elaborate on what he thinks is going on with the stairs. Um, so he said, quote, well, there's the normal stairs, the ones that pop up when we're out of ways. I know you know about them, but sometimes I've run across ones that are flipped upside down. Oh. I guess it would be like if you had a dollhouse and the stairs were a separate piece. Now take that, flip it upside down so the top step is stuck in the dirt and put it out in the woods. They're like that. I don't see them as often, but they're odd to say the least. It makes me think of footage taken after a tornado when houses are all blown apart and random things are left standing, like chimneys and garden walls. Those ones freak me out more than the normal ones because I can't really write those off as easily. That's very weird. Yeah. It's weirder than – because like I, I started thinking. I was like, 
the more obvious route would be to say we're so comfortable now in these stories about talking about staircases that go up. Right. What about a staircase that goes – that descends down uh-huh. into the earth? Like you're going downstairs but arriving at nothing at the end. But right. no. No, rather We're not going that. obvious. We're going take a vertical going upstairs staircase and flip it upside down. Mm-hmm. So the top step is touching the ground. Right. But that's weirder because it's hard for me to visually imagine the underside of a staircase. Well – you know I don't I mean? even know if it means the underside. I mean, I guess you would. S- well, the underside would be pointing to the sky now. Let me think. Like, well, what does the back oh, yeah, or I the guess. bottom of a set of stairs look like? I don't know. Couldn't you just flip it so you're still seeing the upside, but it's upside down? So you're looking at it. You're still seeing the part that you would be walking on, but it's like narrow. Wait, not narrower, but I don't know. I can picture like just looking at a staircase that's. N- normal out in the woods and just flip it upside down in your image so not front to back just up and down oh totally yeah but but uh, what if you walked around it what does it look like that's the the same case if it was the upright staircase the right way i guess that's true i guess that's true yeah it's it's harder for me to mentally picture this one i have to say Yeah, yeah it's weird um so yeah just very mysterious not only that, but he has had enc- encounters with a man with no face uh. while he's been out there. So he told her, told them that he was looking for a rookie that went missing during a training weekend one time when he saw this weird dude. And he said that he could, oh, he could see the outline of this person because, um, it, the water was reflecting from the moon. So it was like lit up a little bit and it looked just like a normal guy at first. It was a guy with like a hiking pack on. And it looked from the reflection like he was facing me. This is now written as though he's telling it. I asked if he was okay, if he needed help, and he cocked his head like he didn't understand me. I always have my pocket knife on me, and it's got a little thumb light attached to it. So I turned that on and lit up his chest so I wouldn't blind him. He was breathing slow and deep, so I wondered if he was sleepwalking. I went closer and asked him again if he was okay. I moved the light up, and something didn't seem right, so I stopped. He kept breathing in this real slow, deep breaths, and I sort of figured gradually what was bothering me. It was like he was pretending to breathe, but not actually doing it. What? His breaths were too even and deep, and all his movements were exaggerated, like his shoulders going up and his chest moving. So (laughs) he told this guy to identify himself, and he made a weird muffled noise. So he moved his flashlight up from his chest to his face, and he says, I S-H-U not, this guy had no face, just smooth skin, like that guy from Dick Tracy. Yeah, I, smooth face. Smooth what face. It? No face? I guess it's no face. It was like, or was it like the grunkest? Did it have like a name? Hold on. Madonna. Madonna it's, check yeah. again. Madonna. Oh, we're talking about Madonna. We sure are. Yeah, she's in the ether. And Madonna she talks Dick scary. Tracy. Yeah, she goes, Dick Tracy. Yeah. She talks like this. Did she I win like an Oscar you. for this? No. She, she performed at the Oscars. She played Breathless Mahoney. Right. <laughs> I could have told you that sans Google. Could you? But Yes. But I don't know. She released an album <laughs> called like, <laughs> I Am Breathless Mahoney. <laughs> During one of her storylines, Breathless encounters B.O. Plenty, an unkempt hillbilly-like character who schemes to steal her money. What? <laughs> that doesn't happen in Dick Tracy, does it? No, there's like a whole other. Well, Dick Tracy comes from well, no, comics oh, yeah, and yeah, stuff, I so I think it was summarizing yeah. that somewhere. But yeah. ew, <laughs> B.O. B.O. Plenty. B.O. Plenty. <laughs> oh, boy. 
I can't tell if I'm getting way more interested or losing interest I, in this Dick Tracy pursuit. I don't know. He might not even have a face. Yeah, whatever. I mean, a name. He definitely doesn't have a face. I, I definitely think it was a character called like No Face or something. Maybe. I whatever. don't know, but it's just a smooth, it looks like a thing of silly putty atop shoulders. Figured it out. She what? disguises herself as, quote, the blank. The blank. A vigilante criminal wearing a faceless mask. Okay. Okay. Don't care. All right. So this guy ran into the blank. Just smooth skin. He says that he freaked out and he kind of fumbled his light and he saw this no face move toward him, um, like start to move toward him, but he didn't actually move. He says, I don't know how to explain it, but one second he was at the edge of the river and the next he was five feet from me. Maybe he's saying he didn't move. Right. Um, I never looked away or blinked. It was like he moved so fast my brain couldn't keep up. Cool. I tripped and fell on my ass and I could see this line open up on his throat. My ass. Ow, my ass. <laughs> Ouch, my ass. I'm actually still dealing with the fallout of an of an ass fall like last year. Um, longtime listeners may remember that my back went all the way out last year and it's like flaring up a little bit and i went to the chiropractor yesterday and i was exp- i went to a new one like close to where i move and he was asking me about my medical history and any injuries and i was like i fell on my butt in the woods because <laughs> i i didn't know whether to say ass or yeah. butt or rear all right anyway <laughs> let me backtrack a little bit. so this guy tripped and fell on his ass and i could see this line open up on his throat it stretched up to his ears and his head tilted back and he smiled at me with his throat there wasn't any blood just this gaping dark hole and i swear he smiled at me with this gash in his throat i got up and ran as fast as i could back to the camp i couldn't hear him following me but i felt like he was always right behind me even though i looked back and i couldn't see him uh, I calmed down when I got back to camp. The fire was still going, and I guess the pack mentality of being with other people made me stop and breathe a little. I waited by the fire to see if he'd follow me there, but I didn't hear anything else for a few hours, so I went back to bed. I know it sounds weird, but the whole thing was just so surreal that it was almost like I immediately wrote it off as my imagination, Interesting. which I can totally understand. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, 100%. Yeah. If you see something that just doesn't compute. You're like, that just must not have happened. Yeah. And like, I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking about when we went to Universal and I had like I got like crazy vertigo on a mm-hmm. roller coaster and like how after that I, I I know I was being annoying but I'd never had vertigo before so I was walking around just going like I feel like I'm high I feel like I'm screwed up I just feel like something's wrong I couldn't I couldn't put words to vertigo I'd never had it before right. but it just made the entire world feel wrong right I felt dizzy I felt off kilter it felt like nothing was mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. almost yeah. like it's we're so fragile. If something happens that doesn't compute or physiologically even a few things are out of whack, Mm -hmm. it can completely disrupt not only how you're feeling but your perception of what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And also just kind of like a defensiveness, at least for me. Like even even now with my bank, um, I (laughs) like like a Cartman impression. (laughs) It's my back, you guys. (laughs) Um, I I hate not feeling good, like not yeah. being able to do things. It makes me want to justify it all the time. Like if I have to ask Ryan to like get down and do something, I want to yeah. be like, it's just it's this pain that like starts here and it like goes there, and like yeah. I want to make sure he understands we're not just faking yep. this. I'm not nuts or yep. whatever. It's so annoying. <laughs> I I'm to, annoying. I used to work at a TGI Fridays, and uh-huh. I, I brought this couple to a table. <laughs> table, not a booth. Uh-huh. I brought them to a table. And I was like, uh, here you go, folks. You may sit here now. And uh, uh, there was a couple, and, and the woman turned to the guy, and she goes, 
I don't think I can sit here. And the guy goes, oh, well, it's fine, right? He goes, no, I can't sit here with my butt. <laughs> and he was like, oh, right. Can we have a booth? He turned to me and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll go over here. But I played it out in my head over and over because she said it like it was going to be speaking in code to him. Like, I can't right. sit here under my breath with my butt. With my butt. But it just made me go, what happened to her butt? <laughs> what? What happened? Yeah. Maybe it was like this story. She fell and she went, my ass. Ow, my ass. Um, I guess like the booth is a little bit softer. Oh, it definitely is. It yeah. absolutely is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The booths at TGI Fridays are like it's sitting on a cloud. <laughs> but no, it definitely is softer. But it was just funny to even say in front of me. Yeah, I right. can't sit here with my butt. With my butt. And I'll be like, well, you're going to have to sit with your butt <laughs> no matter where I take you. So just be prepared for that. Um, okay. Part six. So this one starts with um, with Carrie talking about meeting somebody at a seminar, mm-hmm. um, other search and rescue people. And so this is a story really from somebody else, a very potty-mouthed individual, mm. I must say. Mm-hmm. So Potty Mouth tells a story about how they'd gone out into the woods with their partner. Their partner walks away to take a piss. Okay. Says. <laughs> okay. So now this person is just standing alone. Wait, what would you say to go to the bathroom? To I go to, pee. I have to go I guess. to the bathroom. I guess I'd say my yeah. partner went to woods to pee. If you go, if you're with somebody else in the woods and you have to pee, you you lower your voice and go, I have to go to the bathroom. No, but I'm thinking of this person relaying this to Carrie. Right. I would say, yeah, so my partner went to the woods to pee. My partner, his teeth were floating. Yeah. Ew. So he jo- I wouldn't say you went in the woods to take a piss. <laughs> no, I don't think I would say that. There are a bunch of things this person says that I, I wouldn't say. They also say I remember was, this. But F crazy. I know. Not F in. I know. But F crazy. Anyway, so here's, uh, uh, they're standing now alone and they can hear something happening in the woods. Not their partner. But the say, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Am I by a stream? <laughs> I hear a trickle. The wonder of nature. A lovely brook must be nearby. <laughs> no, they hear, they hear like sticks cracking over there Mm -hmm. not in the partner's direction like something's coming toward them so they're so nervous they ready their they go to the bathroom (laughs) they start peeing yeah (laughs) it felt like i was in the stream right my pants turned into my bathroom (laughs) so they ready their gun and now here's a quote i stand up and get my sights on where this thing is approaching and i shrimp you not man i just about peed myself there you go okay (laughs) they really almost did yeah yeah this guy's coming toward me and he's back flipping through the woods so scary i remember this like instead of walking he's doing all these crazy backflips and i swear to god it it, he cleared every single log and bush in his path it's It's like joker's henchman yeah yes you're right um and it's as if he knew right where he was going i yell at the guy to stop where he is and i'm pointing the gun right at him but he keeps coming at me and i'm just i lost it i shot at the ground in front of him And it was a a stupid thing to do. But man, I didn't want this guy anywhere near me. When I fired, he was about 50 yards away from me. As soon as the gun goes off, he just whirls around and goes off, backflipping back into the woods where he came from. This is very scary. That is basically the whole story. Yeah, very scary. Just a psychotic happenstance in the woods. Here comes somebody backflipping towards you, almost pointedly towards Uh you. I'm coming to you. What is their motive? This is one of the scarier stories to me. I couldn't agree more. It's silly mm-hmm. and it's stupid. It's almost scarier for being silly and stupid. I like, why are you so agree. overt? 
Why is this such a joyful motion? What you're just Where doing this out be? here? Yeah. yeah. And why are you coming at me? Why are you so good at this? Yeah. How is it that you're backflipping over rocks and logs and bushes perfectly? Mm-hmm. You like it, it, the even the readying the gun thing is like either this guy shouldn't have this job because the sound of footsteps makes him draw his gun. This is true. Or instantly something felt wrong right this is not a person Mm -hmm. this is something else and it's and it's registering to him as not oh someone's coming toward me and they're doing something weird it's registering as something i don't understand is a threat to me Mm -hmm. and is focused on me right now right which is very scary so here are a few things that made me think of one the way that i play sometimes when i'm playing legend of zelda (laughs) you can hit buttons and just backflip everywhere you go sometimes i do that (laughs) sounds fun yeah uh two there are some J-horror stories I've noticed where sometimes somebody just like, you know, uh, is walking down the street strangely or in like a particular way. Mm-hmm. And that is like a defining characteristic for them as a monster, which brings me to this. And this is I'll have the link for everybody to go read this. I honestly I almost want to stop the show and just read the story to you. It's so great. It's called The Smiling Man. Yeah. It's another creepypasta. Mm-hmm. And what it basically amounts to is somebody is walking home alone at night. It's like one or two in the morning. And they see a man coming toward them on the street. Like they're just – they're going to pass each other on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. But the man walking toward them is dancing. He's just smiling vacantly and doing this like box steppies like 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 dance. the prancer size lady. Like the prant – What? You know about Prancer Size. It was like very popular. It was a meme a few years ago. Um, it, there was a woman who uploaded videos on YouTube of something she called Prancer Sizing. And she says that it's good. Ex- I'm sure it is good exercise. But you just take a walk in your neighborhood. But you're just like prancing while you do it. And it's really weird. And I saw Scary. multiple times. I am not kidding. A woman Prancer Sizing on my way to work in Princeton. Was it scary? No, it was joyful. I would say it was joyful. It'd be like in the morning. It was like, it seemed like a younger gal. The prancer size woman looks like she's probably in her like 60s or something. This seemed like a chick who was just like taking a walk and listening to music and loving it. She'd just be like dancing while she's walking. And I was like, that is so weird, but also good for you. Yeah. The freedom. If you saw the that it, lack of self-consciousness. Yes. That's, that's both impressive and to me still a little intimidating. Yes. If you saw that at night. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be scary if just yes. your high beams yes. illuminate it while you're driving? Yes. Otherwise, you wouldn't see them? Absolutely. You know, no, it was always first thing in the morning. I don't know if you've ever seen this. Nearby us, this is true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, I swear to God, it's true. So uh, uh, before you guys got the house where mom used to live. Mm-hmm. So um, I was taking a left um, in Edison, New Jersey on a, off of 27. Pretty Pretty busy road around here. And on the corner, this is in the middle of the night. This is at like 1130. Uh-huh. It's like pitch black. And it's just that my headlights illuminated him. There's a man dancing on the side of the road. I have not seen that. Holding a giant white sign. Almost the way that like they want people to do hold the like going yeah. out of business signs and like dance around and spin them and stuff. But it's a homemade sign. And this man is dancing dancing on the side of the road looking at traffic so like looking at me as i drive by and on the sign it's scribbling the only thing that i could make out Are you was, sure it wasn't lasky and Stravoy. it might have been lasky and Stragoy. <laughs> the only thing i could make out on the sign d t f oh god i saw him twice you know what that means right oh yeah okay 
<laughs> After the truffle butter next last week, Kristen, I just want to check in. Don't say it again. Sorry, but um, yeah, no, I I saw him twice, and each time Who's I was like, be DTF him. I know, but each time I was like, I want to know more. Yeah, like totally. considered like going around the block and coming back. Except it creep. Like I didn't want him to. No, that's even, scary. I didn't want him to see me. You know, that would like, make me like go through a red light and panic in the middle of the night. It like, was, rather than just be next to stopped. It that was guy. scary. It was genuinely scary. That's very scary. But so the dancing man creepy pasta, which once again link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So this guy's dancing toward the person on the street, and they just kind of like make way for them on the sidewalk. Dancing man dances past them, no problem. Right. They don't have any interaction. But it's still weird. Now the dancing man's behind this person. So like, ew, like, where are they? So they look back. Nowhere to be seen. Oh. Dancing man has disappeared until they look across the street and notice that almost impossibly quickly. Now he's crouched across the street, staring at them. And even though they're making eye contact, dancing man starts tiptoe creeping toward them like a Looney tune. Yeah. You know what no. I mean? But making direct eye contact and coming toward them. And the person's like, oh, my God. Dancing man stops about a car length away. But it's just car looking, length. Yeah. That's too close. Oh, it's very close. But is looking straight up, smiling, isn't looking at the person. And then the person just goes, wants to say, what are you doing back off? But goes, what? Like their voice gets caught in their throat. Uh-huh. And eventually the dancing man just turns around and dances away again. And so the person keeps walking. And then they look back over their shoulder again. And the dancing man has stopped looks at them, and then just starts running after them as fast as he possibly can. So the guy, the protagonist of our story, just starts running as well to get away. That's basically where the story ends. I guess That's they horrible. get away. But it's genuinely scary. That's extremely so ter- scary. You can't even begin to understand what this person's doing out here. And I think, I, I genuinely think that this story, the part six of Search and Rescue, mm-hmm. is taking inspiration from the smiling man. Yeah. In a way that is now making this creepypasta series uh-huh. almost be the encapsulation of famous creepypastas in a good way. Yeah. Again, in almost like a scream way, in a referential, reverent way, but with a new twist. Right. Backflipping, can't even see where they're going, and yet they're coming for you. Yeah. Very scary. Weird. Um, That reminds me a little bit, I think that I've talked about it on the show, but I'm not 100% sure, of... um. It reminds me of the guy who lived across the street from me when Ryan and I lived on Cedar, who had a problem with me for some reason. Um, There was one time that I was walking Crumbs, our dog, and I saw this guy who lived across the street from us just like stopped by my car, which was down the block. And it seemed like he was looking in my back windows. And I was like, what the hell is that? And I figured, like, I guess when I get up there, I'll ask him, like, what the deal is. But I got closer. And when I got closer, I realized he was standing with his hands at his sides, like, fists clenched and eyes closed. But, like, by my car and kind of looking at my car. And I was like, whoa. So Facing I was, like. Facing your car, not yeah, looking yeah. at it. Yes. Like, standing as if he would be looking at your car, but just eyes clenched tight. Everything tight. Yeah. Like, balled up fists. Yeah. Eyes pinched closed. Like, he was cursing my car or something. So I was just like, oh, never mind. So I just, like, kind of, like, cast a wide, gave it a wide berth and, like, went home. And then not super long after that, there was a gas station that was on the corner of the street that we lived on. And I was waiting to pull out of the gas station onto the street to go home. 
And the guy was, I mean, I didn't know who was coming. doesn't matter. But like it ended up being the guy was coming around the corner. So I didn't go. I waited for him to pass. So then I would go after him. And he slowed down and looked right at me and gave me the finger. And I was like, what? I'd never spoken to this man before. And um, no, no. And I pulled in at home and I was like, okay, I'll wait until he gets out of his car and goes in his house for me to go in because this is like very weird. And he never got out of the car. So I called mom and dad and I was like, I told him the situation. I was like, can I come over for a while? Because I just don't want to get out of the car right now because I was afraid I was going to get out of the car. And the guy was going to like bum rush me or something. Yeah. You don't know. No, it was very weird. So such unpredictable, odd behavior, which listen, everybody's got their own stuff yeah totally no so, i mean something was going on but something it was, was going scary. on but it, yes absolutely all right so let's bring us back to a different kind of scary this sure. is part seven of the search and rescue i do friend. like what this is bringing out of us though this yeah. is the first time on this show in a while that i've like felt reveled in in the creepiness myself mm-hmm. in, during the show yeah like I've, I've been getting a little creeped out here it's and there thinking about these things totally okay so this part is structured as kind of like a bunch of friends trading stories out at dinner one night who were all part of this, you know, different search and rescue teams. So one of the friends told a story about camping with their family and said that um, the way that the camp was set up was an area where it gets really hot in the summer, but the water is still really cold, which they said was important to the story. So they looked over their shoulder at their camping area and they could see something wading into the river on the other side. And from where we were, this is quoting them now, it looked like a deer, but we couldn't really tell because of the campfire. I got up to look closer and I saw a pair of antlers, so I figured it was a buck. But I thought it was weird that it was wading into the water and it was definitely heading for us. So they asked their friend what they thought they should do. And the friend was looking at the fire with this weird expression and tells them to sit down and shut up. So they do because they'd never seen this guy act that way before. Like, why is he just being like, just shut up, sit down, don't do anything. And he's, he both whispers at the person to ignore it. And he just starts talking like they were having normal conversation before about like the TV show that he was really into at the time. So it seemed like he was trying to play it cool, act like you didn't see it, ignore it, and it'll hopefully go away. But it was really confusing because it seemed like he knew what it was in some way, even if it's bad. But the person telling the story is like, I have no idea what the hell is going on. Um, But this thing is still just getting closer and closer as the friend is just talking about their show that they like. Some they say, quote, it wasn't that tall, but the way it carried itself was just wrong. Like its center of balance was screwed up. I can't really describe it, but it was kind of like it kept shifting too far forward. It just stood there behind my friend for a long time. And eventually my friend ran out of things to say. And we just kind of sat there for a second. The fire was making noise, but I thought I could hear, hear this thing talking in a really low voice. I couldn't hear what it was saying, but I leaned forward a tiny bit and I actually did pee my pants when it (laughs) leaned forward too. I couldn't see its face, but I saw its eyes. They were milky and cloudy. And if you want to know what they looked like, find that scene from Lord of the Rings where Frodo falls in that lake and all the dead people are floating toward him. Okay. That's what its eyes looked like. So all I saw were these two white eyes floating above my friend and this really vague shape of antlers coming out of its head. And then... They and their friend decide to just book it out of there at the same time. Like they just kind of silently to each other did like a one, two, three, go. And they both decided to haul ass. Um, They just ran nonstop until they got back to the main camp. 
Their pants were soaked with pee. So they <laughs> took so them much, so much clarifying that there's pee in their pants. I know. Um, so they took them off as soon took them off as they were running away and threw them in the bushes. As they were running. <laughs> yes. So what? the dexterity. Think about it. to be a search and rescue ranger, you must have a certain degree of <laughs> physical prowess. Search and rescue rangers. <laughs> Soak in and peace. <laughs> um, so they said that they both stopped once we were in front of my dad's RV and we could see that nothing was chasing us. So they stood and caught their breath. I asked him what the thing was, but he said he didn't know. He said his grandpa had only warned him that if anything ever came up to him when he was out in the desert, he was never, ever supposed to talk to it or listen to it or do anything with it. I want to know if he'd heard it talking too. And he said the only thing he'd been able to understand was help you. Oh. Um, so then it said they go on to say that this reminds them of the legend of Wendigos. Yeah. And that there's a phrase used to describe it that they think fits it perfectly, which is that the Wendigo is the spirit of the lonely places, um, which is interesting. an interesting thought. And they said that sometimes when they're out in the woods in the course of their job and they know that there's no one around them for miles and miles that they get a weird kind of craving that they can't really explain. They don't know if it happens to anyone else, but it's this desire to consume. And they said, quote, it's not like I crave anything particular, but more of this weird distracting hunger that comes from every part of my gut. So yeah, that's bizarre. Super, almost like some sort of like spirit of the Wendigo takes them yeah. over is what they're saying. They're right. feeling this same sort of feeling. Very weird. That, that's almost the weirdest one of mm -hmm. them in a way. It feels yeah. so odd. I know. I don't know. Yeah, that's very weird. I know. Um, well, I've got the last one here, mm -hmm. part eight. Um, and this is honestly, some of it's just a sign-off yeah. from Carrie Hammond. But the the crux of the actual scary story is, is this. A sweet little couple are out in the woods using their binoculars. Mm -hmm. And they stare through them to see a man rock climbing he's like miles away but they're zooming in on this man who's rock climbing but hold on something's weird about the way this man off in the distance is climbing this rock like no gear he has no gear <laughs> he's just climbing he's just I, climbing did, a mountain. I did read this yeah he gets to the top turns and somehow makes instant eye contact <laughs> with the couple. The way I picture the zooming in of this is like in Spider-Man. Where oh. they like zoom in on things. Yeah. While Spider-Man's like swinging around the city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. Um, so, quote, when the climber reached the top of the peak, which was about five miles away, they turned and faced the young man. He said whoever or whatever this person was, was looking right at them. The climber waved in an exaggerated manner before snapping in half at the waist sideways. Sideways? What does that mean? And leaping off the peak. Snapping in half the... So, yeah, I, I guess... I, I couldn't... I had no mental image for this. I guess it's that your waist bisects and then you go to the left or something. Or is it snapping in half, not, not vertically... Horizontally. But at the waist? Snapping in half sense. at the waist sideways. You're right. It doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. I find it very puzzling. Anyway. Puzzling to say This least. mountain climber falls apart and then <laughs> and it, it says falls apart and before snapping in half at the waist sideways and leaping off the peak. So he snaps in half and then jumps. But Maybe if you're he uses his top half, half, his hands, <laughs> and then <laughs> the lower half like kicks off. 
it's, isn't it just so weird it's hard it's hard to imagine it's incredibly but weird. the part that i i like about it one is that it seems like i mean certainly scary but less threatening less like threatening. you've just seen an extremely extremely weird disturbing thing but at least it's not coming for you and he waved Howie! howdy almost yeah. like watch this yeah snap Woo! <laughs> 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 what I like about this, though, is the idea that this couple called this into the park yeah, rangers, which yeah. is why we're hearing the story, because yes. Carrie got the call. So um, Carrie uh, uh, says, yeah, 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 we'll look into it. Uh-huh. Thanks for calling, but doesn't bother because she's like, what are you going to look into? We th- People see this guy all the time. Oh, my God. So he's constantly doing this. He's just always doing he's this. He's having a bit of fun, I guess. But I also love, mm-hmm. love, love, and we just sort of talked about this, but I love that they're watching this guy mm-hmm. and he instantly knows where they are. Right. The attentiveness, the yeah. the somehow knowing yeah, of these right spirits is so creepy to me. Totally. It made me think of this, and it's very weird. Mm-hmm. A different kind of goat man. Okay. So I first heard about this in episode 120 of the podcast Tell Em Steve Dave, mm-hmm. where they were talking about Walt Flanagan, who runs Kevin Smith's comic book store in Red Bank, or used to, was talking about a news article he saw about how somebody was out in the woods and saw a herd of uh, goats, I believe, and was like, one of them seems weird. Uh-huh. And so looked through uh, binoculars and realized, that's a person dressed like a goat. What? Yeah. I've never heard of this. So on, on Tell Him Steve Dave. Is this real? This is absolutely real. And I have a link oh my God. from uh, Time. Time wow. Magazine. Goat man frolicking through the Utah wilderness identified as a hunter. So Walt Flanagan's point was they were like, how scared would you be if you're in the woods? And now you just realize that there's a human dressed like an animal with a herd of wild animals. What was this guy doing? Well, I'll get to that. Okay. But uh, Brian Johnson on the show says, I don't care how far away I am. The second that he turns and looks at me, I think to myself, oh, no. <laughs> like, it's oh, already God, yeah. you've already lost. He's going to get you. Even if you're miles away. Yes. It's already too late. He knows that you're His out there. sights have been set on you. So here's the article. Um, it's not uncommon for hunters to use camouflage, but usually such outfits are, outfits are made to blend in with the surrounding foliage, not the animals. One hunter in Utah had a different idea. He donned a goat suit goat sorry uh-huh. to better track his targets on july 22nd a hunter quickly dubbed goat man was spotted clamoring around the mountains in northern utah following a herd of goats at first officials were baffled and worried they were concerned goat man could be in danger once hunting yeah. season starts um so yeah a hunter saw this goat man out there it was a simple hooded painter's suit, which had been adorned with fleece to give his costume a fur-like appearance. He said he was testing the suit in preparation for an upcoming goat hunt in Canada. What? Yeah. Uh, officials said he wasn't only in danger of being mistaken for prey by a hunter. He might have been attacked by one of his fellow goats. One of his fellow goats. Is this real? This is Kristen. No, but like, is this guy's story real? What's going oh, on? Oh, is he dressed like a goat for hunting? Yeah. I don't know if this story is real. Yeah. This is the goat man's claim of he why he's dressed like a goat. practicing for a Canadian goat hunt? Oh, I can explain. I'm pretending to be a Canadian goat. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about this. Uh, so officials say he might have been attacked by one of his fellow goats. Yeah. Saying, quote, they may get agitated. They're territorial. They are, after all wild animals this person puts on a goat suit he changes the game (laughs) the the agreement may be broken here Kristen. (laughs) 
Don't you understand? This person puts on a goat suit. He changes the game. Basically, what this person is saying. Changes the game, all right. He's saying, it's unprecedented. We don't know what happens to you if you dress like a goat and try to join a herd of goats. Oh, man. We have no idea. The sighting of the goat man occurred 40 miles north of Salt Lake City when a hiker saw a herd of goats about 200 yards away and thought one of them looked a bit weird. I thought maybe he was injured. The hiker, 33-year-old Cody Creighton, told the Associated Press on Friday. After looking through his binoculars, he saw something very odd indeed. A man in fake horns and a cloth mask with eye holes. He needed the full mask. I guess you do need the mask. You can't just have a human head on a goat body. What's going on? Traipsing around with four-legged ruminants. What? I thought, what is this guy doing? Creighton said. (laughs) He was actually on his hands and knees. He was climbing over rocks and bushes and pretty rough terrain on a steep hillside. Creighton said the man pulled up his mask once in a while to check where he was going. Then he spotted Creighton staring at him from afar. He just stopped in his tracks and froze, he said. Creighton retreated behind a tree and started taking photos while the goat man pulled his mask on and scrambled to catch up with the other goats. We were the only ones around for miles, Creighton said. It was real creepy. Oh, my God. Creighton provided the Division of Wildlife Resource resources with blurry photos of a white blob scaling a steep mountainside when the sighting was reported in local media wildlife officials received an anonymous call from a so-called quote agitated man who said leave goat man alone he's done nothing wrong the end what the end oh my god true story what the hell was going on i don't know i i honestly i I, wonder if i can find out is there any way just internet sleuthing we're going to utah What was going on? In Salt Lake City. I feel it's not as simple as this. I wonder if Goatman did any like local radio and I could find out his name and then it I has could find been a while out, now. Find out his like Facebook and It's been a little bit. Find all kinds of stuff. Now I haven't listened back to this tell him, Steve Dave, but I do remember getting like a real like funny creeped out feeling from them telling the story. Uh-huh. So I'll I'll link to that as well. My my my. But here's the sign off. Yeah. From Carrie Hammond in this part eight. Thank you all for sticking by my side and enjoying the things I've talked about. If you go out into the woods, I encourage you to be safe. Bring water, food, survival equipment. Berries. Berries. Let people know where you're going and when you'll be back. Don't go on uncharted paths unless you know exactly what you're doing. And above all, don't touch them. Don't look at them. Don't go up them. That's cool. Great sign off. Yeah. Great sign off. That's awesome. Very fun series here. Very cool. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed looking at this. I know. People were right. Yeah, they were right. People were right. So thank you very much, Brittany, and everybody else who suggested this. Thank you, Brittany. Happy birthday, Brittany. Happy birthday. Um, Yeah, really, really odd and interesting. Totally. A couple last things. Yeah. So for the last year, I've been working on the Blair Witch Mm -hmm. uh, uh, box series that Hunter Killer is doing with Lionsgate. And... I do media a lot, so I I directed a video, I've done a lot of audio design, so I have gone into the woods a good deal in the last year to get sound effects or to look for filming locations, Yeah, and I have frequently gone off the beaten path. Mm -hmm. I think I told you this, I don't remember if I told you this on a show or in a a live version of the show or whatever, but I I went off the beaten path and found black garbage bags with just stuff in them. Yeah. Um, I've found all manner of stuff. Here's the other thing. I was doing some work mm-hmm. at 2.30 in the morning yep. in Rutgers Gardens. Yep. 
we uh i kept wanting to like be able to step outside myself from filming to be like i want to pay attention to this moment mm -hmm. i want to i want to pay attention to what it sounds like in the woods at 2 30 in the morning but we were just so busy we were working yeah but we did have a guide with us who had a cart a, a it's like a golf cart mm -hmm. basically a big chunky park rangers cart we put a ton of props on it we had pizzas on it we had drinks on it and periodically he would drive somebody back out to the entrance because we were all we were like 20 minutes into the woods mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere he would drive them away and then we'd be like oh we need this prop where's the the guy with the cart I'd be like oh i get all right i think he drove away so he'll probably be back in 10 minutes and then we were just here i'm right here oh and he would be he'd be five feet to the right of you <laughs> You can't hear the cart. Yeah. So frequently, I would just, when I knew he was supposed to come back, I would just shine my flashlight through the and woods. wait for him to enter he didn't the beam. Put a, he wouldn't put the high, uh, the high beams on. Uh -huh. He wouldn't put the headlights on on the truck. He just knew where he was going so well. Oh, my God. And the thing didn't make any sound. So at one point, I had everybody around me. We were just waiting for the guy to come back. And I went, he's right there. Everybody look at this. Everybody just stop what you're doing and look at this. Look at how scary this is. Yeah. Because this cart is just driving toward us, but it's only reflecting little bits of light. You couldn't even right. realize that it was a cart. Right. It was just a thing moving through the trees silently, weaving its way toward us. Very weird. Wonderful. Yeah. Ah. The scariness of the woods. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I was so tired at the time. Mm -hmm. I'm already nostalgic for it. Yeah. I already course. want to go back into the woods and film something. Yeah. Anyway, go get the Hunter Killer Blair Witch box. I'm in love yes. with it. I'm still in love with it. Hunterkiller.com slash Blair Witch. Yeah. Enjoy our work. You can hear us in there. Yes, you can. Kristen and I are in it. Kristen's frequently in it. We play podcasters. We do. Mm -hmm. um, okay, everybody. Oh, go listen to Blackwood. Yeah. Blackwood's a show in the woods. Mm -hmm. Go listen to that show that I wrote, Blackwood. It's on all major podcast apps. Maybe we'll put a link in the show notes to that as well. Yeah. Go check that out if you haven't heard that before. It was my my writing, my professional writing debut. Yeah. Um, all right, everybody. Right. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Please go check out Patreon patreon.com slash gttu pod if you'd like to get more of us and support the show at the same time and keep it going yeah if you join at the four dollar level which is the netherworld warrior tier then you get a bonus episode per month that comes out on the 13th of every month this month it'll be a friday the 13th which is always fun there's a discord with other patreon people in it that's popping off every day so you can kind of like make internet friends or just talk about movies that you like and get suggestions it's a really really awesome place share your own scary stories yeah totally and as i mentioned we're doing a live stream if you're listening in real time today friday august 6th at 5 p.m eastern standard time we'll be planning out the next month of shows and we do that monthly as well only over on patreon.com slash gttu pod basically we're at the end of the show but the party doesn't have to stop no stay in the world of guide to the unknown no they're like a zillion hours of things over on patreon yep that you can experience and stay in the world of the search and rescue series because Kristen and i have only really truncated yes. the, the eight part series and given our thoughts on it you should go and read the full thing link in the show notes and my understanding is that there are a lot of other stories that are in this sort of universe of tales written by Carrie Hammond. Mm -hmm. So you should absolutely go check them out. I will be doing the same because honestly, after reading just the 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 four yeah. that I read, I'm like, yeah, I, I want more of this. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, that's it from us, everybody. If you want more of uh, uh, the two of us, reach out to us online. That's right. I'm at Chillin' Kristen. I am at The Myth Traveler. So thank you all again. We will see you next week for more scary stories. But until that time comes, we must travel. 
back to the netherworld, go we. Back to the wood. Back to the wood. The deep wood. Yes. What was that sound? The crack of a stick. (laughs) (laughs) And nothing more. (laughs) We're fine. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out, and we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.